Da hoy hoy. Let's get into a solo episode, shall we? I remember when I graduated from the Berklee College of Music, I wanted to make money off of my music and sound work. And while yes, I had listened to plenty of people on how to charge for my work, I started implementing it with absolutely no results. And I started seeing my peers starting to implement their advice as well, with very, very, very mediocre results. And we were following the advice that we were told from the previous generation of composers and sound designers. Charge per sound effect, charge per minute of music, charge X amount per revision, etc, etc. The stuff I'm sure you've heard a thousand times before. But as I started to look into it, I realized that the world had moved on, but the game audio industry had not. Pricing theory had evolved dramatically, but no one was really keeping up in our field. And because pricing theory has always been an interest of mine, I read books on it every single day and go to negotiation workshops for fun, I started to realize that I and many other composers and sound designers were leaving tons of money on the table. So to that end, let's boil things down as simply as possible into three different ways that you can price for your music or sound work. And even though I'm coming at this from the game audio angle, this applies to absolutely anyone who's doing service work as a musician or sound person. So those three methods are the comfort script, the reverse anchor, and the three option proposal. Let's start with the comfort script. This is the easiest and works for most people most of the time. It's also really effective for people who are just getting started and don't know what to charge at all. Now some people will start to think, oh well I can just charge a standard industry rate. But I'm here to tell you there are no standard industry rates. The people that tell you there are, are lying. Which may make it seem really difficult to charge even more when you don't even have a starting point. But this is how you can work this comfort script to your advantage so you know exactly what to charge. If you're talking to a potential client and they ask, so how much do you charge? You don't respond with, uh. Instead, you want to ask them questions about their project. For a game, you can ask questions like, when does it release? What kind of game is it? How big is the team? Is there a budget? Are you showing it off at any conferences, festivals, events, etc.? Are you looking for a publisher? Are there any sorts of ways that music and sound can help it get more money if they're pitching it to a publisher? How much music or sound do they think they'll need? Always double what they think they'll need. Are they using middleware? And any other questions that come to mind. And then from there, you're going to want to start thinking in terms of flat fees. Yes, everyone else is going to tell you to charge per minute and per sound effect, but that doesn't work. And let me tell you why. It's because per rates, per minute, per hour, per whatever, leave clients feeling like they have blank check syndrome. If you tell the client that you charge the paltry sum of $5 per minute of music and they only have 10 minutes of music in their film or game, that's not going to put them at ease. They're not going to think, oh, $50, cool. Instead, they're going to think, $5 per minute? Oh god, what if I need 700 million minutes of music? Our brains literally aren't designed to extrapolate that math, even though it's very, very simple. There's absolutely no security or no guarantees when you're charging a per sound effect or per minute fee. Instead, when you charge a flat rate, they know exactly what you're charging up front, and you can charge double, triple, sometimes even quintuple what you would charge a per minute or per sound effect fee, and they will happily pay it because they know exactly how much they're going to be charged. So anyway, getting back to charging a client using the comfort script, after asking those questions, you're going to get what I call a tummy number. Meaning this is a number that's going to come up in your gut that says, uh, I think this project will cost $500. You're not going to be sure at all, and that's totally fine. Again, there are zero pricing standards, so you'll honestly never be 100% sure. But you take that tummy number, let's say hypothetically it's $500, and then you increase it pretty dramatically based off of that tummy number. So let's say it's $500, maybe you charge up to 1000 
So you'd increase that tummy number up to $1,000. It doesn't always have to be double, but that tummy number will always be underpriced. And here comes the comfort script. You think of that tummy number, you increase it, and you say something like this to the client. For this project, I charge $1,000. But knowing that this is a Kickstarter game or an indie movie or a small team or your first game, how much of that number do you feel comfortable paying? So to say that again, for this project, I charge $1,000. Knowing that this is a small game, Kickstarter, indie project, any sort of qualifying statement, how much of that number do you feel comfortable paying? Now, what's going to happen is that the client is going to negotiate 100% of the time. They'll say, oh, we can't do 1,000, but we can do 800. And what will happen is that you just got 300 extra dollars above what your gut told you to charge. This is what the comfort script will get you. It'll get you to be able to charge much, much more without needing to do any extra effort, and you're leaving the ball a little bit in their court. This is very helpful for beginners who haven't really charged much for projects before. Next up is the reverse anchor, and this is when you become a little more intermediate to advanced. You probably already have a general ballpark of what your price should be if you have a little more experience. And then from there, you can give a range of prices and reverse the numbers that you present to them. So this is after you ask all the questions, you would say something like this. For this project, I charge between $60,000 and $40,000. Let me know if that fits within your budget and we can chat more. Note that I reversed the numbers. I said $60,000 to $40,000 instead of $40,000 to $60,000. Why did I start with the higher number? It's because of a concept known as anchoring. People's minds will latch onto the first number that they hear as an anchor. They'll see that as the base level price. They'll compare everything else you say based off of the first price that they hear. So if they hear the high number first, they'll say, oh, okay, 60K is the anchor. We don't want to go too far below that. Anchoring happens all the time. If you go into a fancy clothing store, you'll see that the nicest clothes are put out front to anchor people. They might see a scarf that costs $500 up front and they'll realize, oh, this store is for me or this store is not for me really quickly. This reverse anchoring not only filters out the clients who can't pay your rate, but again, it also sets the anchor high so that they're much more likely to meet you at the higher range. In fact, I recently had an alum of my online course, The Game Industry Professional, say basically exactly what I just said. He gave the range between $60,000 and $50,000 and they just said yes without batting an eye and went for the $60,000. They didn't even try to lowball them. And just like that, when you do the reverse anchor, you'll be surprised how quickly clients say yes. Now, lastly is the three option proposal. Now this and all these other tips I'm giving you are covered in extreme detail in my Game Industry Pro course, which comes out on April 25th, 2022. But to give you a brief overview, it works like this. When you give your client a project proposal, again, my course covers exactly how to do this and exactly how to make a living off of game audio, you can list just one price in your proposal, and that's fine most of the time, especially when you're just starting out. But if you really want to impress them and you really want to increase your rates, you want to give them three pricing options on your proposal, each with different levels of value built into them. So for example, for the lowest price, it's something that's very, very limited. Maybe you'll work on the project for X amount of time and then you'll stop no matter how much you got done it's over. The middle pricing tier is something that they'll almost definitely pick. This is what they actually want. This is the core thing they ask you to do. All the music for a game, all the sound, whatever. And the highest price option is something that's over the top. Maybe you're getting live instruments. Maybe the timelines are faster. Maybe you're making more tracks for them. Maybe you're doing more implementation for them. Whatever you can think of, this is the high priced option. You should be able to pull it off if they do pick it, but it's pretty nuts. When you're presenting this to them, start with the highest choice first on your page, on your proposal. They'll see that first, 
and be anchored. Then they'll see the middle option and then the lowest as they scroll down further. And of course, the middle option is what they'll pick 99% of the time. But why would you bother doing this if they're just going to pick the middle option anyway? It's because when people are presented with several options of the same service, they'll compare the price to its other options instead of comparing the price to other people's services. So for example, if you have three prices, three options, they're going to compare those three prices to each other instead of comparing you to another freelancer. These three options keep them kind of anchored within your ecosystem as opposed to them wanting to compare you to someone else. Overall, this makes it a lot easier for them to say yes, and that's what you want. So those three pricing methods again are the comfort script, the reverse anchor, and the three option proposal. Again, I go into these super in-depth in my game industry professional course where I teach people in the world of game audio how to make an incredible living off of their music and sound design no matter where in the world they are. If you want to learn more and join when it opens on April 25th, 2022, be sure to check out bit.ly forward slash game audio pro. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash game audio pro. There's only 50 seats available and I'm pretty sure it's going to sell out this time. So if you want to be notified as soon as it's on sale, be sure to be on my newsletter. All you need to do is just listen to the end and you'll hear a link on how to sign up. And with that, thank you so much. I'll see you in the next one. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening as always. And considering I work in the world of video game, music, and sound, and so many people are always asking me how they break into that field, I have a newsletter set up for you. So if you want to learn how to make music and sound effects for video games and actually be paid to do it, just go to bit.ly forward slash sound biz pod. Sound B-I-Z pod. And that newsletter will set you up with two free courses and a bunch of free ebooks and even sound effects that'll get you set up and teach you how to work in the world of video game music and sound. And if you're looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to, this podcast is actually a part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. So if you want to check those out, hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.